Hello, my name is Ward Strasser, and I'm with the healthcareexecutivesnetwork.org. And I'm here today with Captain David Marquet. Good morning, Captain. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Down here in Southern Florida, good weather. Captain Marquet, you sailed, and, and um, you basically took, you used to command uh, nuclear submarines and took the worst boat and brought it to first in the Navy. Quite an accomplishment. Thank you. We're here today to talk a little bit about the leadership and some of the leadership characteristics and techniques that, that brought you there and the application to healthcare, potentially a fit, not a fit, and to embellish that point a little bit today. You once said that, that courage is the most important characteristic or trait uh, to be a good leader. Is that still your number one, or is there another trait or characteristic that you, that you would bring up besides courage? No, I'm still stuck with courage. Uh, but, and when I mean courage, I mean basically what I mean is leaders need to have the guts to give control to their people. Here, here, there are only two, a couple of important questions. The first important question is, do you want your people to think or do? Do you want them to be compliant or to have critical thinking and be proactive? If you want them to think, which is what I wanted on a submarine and I postulate what we want in healthcare, then you have to give people control. People following sets of instructions are not thinking. They don't need to think. They don't have to think. They aren't rewarded for thinking. So. You have to give them control. Now, sure, there are procedures that we follow. Uh, there are entry procedures. You know, for me, there are things like starting up the reactor or loading a torpedo. And you follow those procedures, but wrapped around those procedures, there's a lot of room for thinking. And, of course, since most procedures can't be uh, um, followed exactly, there's always little judgments that need to be made. So if you want people to think, give control, and giving control takes Courage. It is scary to give control. Mm -hmm. I understand. So, so with that, Captain, there's, there's certain leadership concepts that you've developed, and what I'd like to do is, is potentially bring those up and and see if they are or not applicable to healthcare. One is maybe you could talk a little bit about it too. Is leader leader versus leader follower? Yeah, so the idea with leader-leader, the idea with that term is that everybody thinks of themselves as a leader. Most organizations divide the world into two groups of people, leaders and followers. Leaders do the thinking, leaders make decisions, and then the followers do what they're told. And what we try to do on the submarine is have everyone think of themselves as a leader. This does not mean that we threw out all the titles, we threw out the hierarchy, we threw out the role definition. We had those things. We had clear assignments of responsibility, but within your area of responsibility, you were a leader. You made decisions. You would uh, tell others what you intended to do. So, for example, a subtle change would be, let's say, the engineer who's responsible for operating, starting up and operating the reactor. Instead of me going to the engineer and saying, engineer, at uh, 3 in the morning, conduct a reactor startup to support the submarine getting underway, the engineer would come to me and say, Captain, at 3 in the morning, I intend to conduct a reactor startup in support of the submarine to get underway now. So in other words, you stop, telling, stop giving people instructions, and you just make sure they have the intent of what the organization is trying to achieve. Uh, so when you stop giving people instructions, a lot of people have this picture of sort of chaos or a lot of passivity, people waiting to be do what, 
to do what they're told, but that's because your people are not used to that, and that's because they're not trained. And what happens is when the leader takes a step back and stops giving these instructions, people got to fill in the void. And that's what uh, happened for us very, very successfully. The question is, what's it going to take for that engineer to say that? What does he need to know to so so to, to know that he needs to start the reactor at three o'clock? You know, how does that happen? Where's how does that knowledge get disseminated? And that's the courage, partly, of what you were talking about before. Well, it's courage because I think, in my mind, my, my the way I always thought about it was, when you show proactivity. I will then take a step back and let you be more proactive. Uh, and, and we define proactivity in a very sort of language-centric way. So instead of saying, tell me what to do, you would say, I, I think, or I recommend, or I intend to, or I, I'm just doing this. So these are all like moving up the ladder of leadership. And the idea I always thought was that, hey, you prove to me that you're ready to take more responsibility, be proactive, and then I'll take a step back. And I think why leaders need courage is because you have to take the step back first. Not a big sure. step. That's irresponsible, but just take a half step back, and then see, and you'll see who fills in the voids and what are the gaps, why are the voids not being filled in. And, and it's only by doing that repeatedly will you get the team that's out there, you know, being very proactive at the end of my, near the end of my tour in the submarine, basically all I had to do was sit there, and people would come to me all day long. Captain, I intend to submerge the ship. Captain, I intend to get underway. Captain, I intend to open the hatch. Captain, I intend to load a torpedo, and it was awesome. And that's why, on the submarine, the reason I wrote the book was because ten years later we created more leaders than any other submarine. Ten of the guys in the wardroom went on to become commanding officers of their own submarine. You don't get that by giving people a lot of instructions. So that's a perfect example of your of your other philosophy and concept is stop giving orders and give intent instead. And that's right. perfect example. Now, how would those two things, as far as leader-leader, leader-follower, you know, stop giving orders, intent, healthcare, any linkage as far as... Yeah. Okay, so... Um... I had so I had some minor procedure. You know, I'm a participant. And my sister's a doctor, but that's I'm I'm not an quote expert. However, uh, so I went in for this procedure, and I'm in the operating room, and the uh, head surgeon is briefing his pe his people. Okay, anesthesiologist, you're gonna do you know you're doing this. Uh, you know, we have Mr. Marquet here. Blah blah blah. Um, you know, a, a head nurse, you're, you're this. And it's what, you know, so we used to do those briefs too. We, and we thought, hey, that's good, right? You know, the guy in charge is telling, the guy or gal in charge is telling everyone what's going on. We're getting on the same page, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Wrong. What is that? That's telling people what to do. You show up, people, you get told what to do. Imagine now that you're not going to do a brief. What's, what, what, now, the, now, when you go into an operating room and there's no brief, what's well, one of two things have happened. Either no one knows what they're supposed to be doing, and, and it's bad, so you don't want that. Or people have already understood their job, and actually what we did is we, we, we call it a certification. So the, the head person, instead of telling people what their job was, would ask questions. Okay, how much anesthesia? Why? What are you looking for? What are you thinking about? What are you worried about? What are you gonna? What indications will you see? What decisions might you have to make? 
Okay, next person. And then and then we make a decision. I've never done anything in healthcare where someone said, you know, we're not ready for this procedure. We're not ready for you. Uh, they, they've been late sometimes, but no one is ever making a decision where they said they weren't ready. And if you're never making a decision to say you're not ready, you're not making a decision. In other words, hey, the next thing on the calendar is to do, you know, surgery on Marquet, and so bring them in, whether the team is ready or not. Now, ideally, you don't have a lot of these, you know, a lot of these, oh, gee, we weren't ready. But every once in a while, you might. And so the test is, is the team ready? Is the team ready? And that's the job. The leader is the one who makes that decision. So, so, so David, that, that, that kind of lays into the train for critical thinking and not compliance. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Most times what we think we want out of leaders is to, you know, the, the best leader is the person who gets their people to do stuff, right? We want you to do your job. The language we have is all about getting people to do things. Well, that's not what we want. We, we, that's what we want in the Industrial Revolution, yes. That's not what we want in thinking uh, organizations like healthcare or operating nuclear-powered submarine. What we want is people to, quote, think their jobs, right? Yes, there's physical work that happens in healthcare. I understand that you've got to put gloves on, you've got to do surgery, that kind of thing. But the, the variability of performance, 95% of the variability of performance, I'm just throwing that out as a number, all comes to do with, with, with thinking side. Uh, it all comes to do with uh, who's got the better ideas, who's making better judgments, and how far down the organization are these decisions being made, Right. Right, right. Exactly. So, so you, you, you want to train your organization to be able to make decisions faster and better than the next guy. And, and every time that you take a decision and you, you make it at the top of the organization, you just, you just shot yourself in the foot because you lost an opportunity to train your organization to make decisions. So, so, David, I, I'm sure with all the pressure on, on health care right now and, and, and people call it Obamacare and uh, coming down and getting cost out, this actually could be a cost-saving measure. It's a huge cost-saving measure. The, the, the submarine I went to, the USS Santa Fe, was the worst-performing submarine in the fleet. We needed, you know, we needed repair pumps two and three times. People would come to the submarine, and then they would leave the Navy. So uh, there were huge costs to the taxpayer because of how poorly the submarine performed. We... We then changed the way we talked to each other. Basically, all we did was change the way we talked to each other. We would say, I intend to, instead of request permission. We would say, we, instead of they. And we would do things like what I call think out loud, which is, hey, you're standing there, right, in the operating room. Just people vocalize. There should be, rarely should there be silence. People should be vocalizing what they're thinking, what they're worried about, and just what they're seeing. I see this, blood pressure, announcing it. Um, heart rate, you know, just sort of people should just be sort of talking there should be this low level murmur of talking out loud which gets the team um, continuously synchronized and then people we would have to train, because it's easy to say you know, depth 300 feet, depth 310 feet, depth, but then you got to say, I'm worried we're sinking and people people, you know, they always want to minimize that so you got, we would have to train to that so that basically is your, your accurate way of your thinking. That's another one of your philosophies is 
Yeah, uh, here's another thing. Exactly. I think we're basically 180 out on this too, right? Change management. Oh, we're going to come in. We're going to convince you. We need to do something. We've got to start using checklists, okay? So we're going to convince you to to use a checklist, and then eventually you're going to make a decision to use a checklist. Or we're going to convince you that you need to act like a team, and then eventually you're going to say the word we uh, when referring to the people around you. That's not the way the brain works. What we have to do is take some small piece of whatever the culture is that we want and just behave that way, act it. So for us, it was things like say we, not they. Uh, we just said you can't refer to anybody on the submarine using the pronoun they. You had to use the word we. And there was a lot of they, like officers were they, chiefs, listed guys were they, engineering was they, ops, et cetera. And so we just started saying we. And it's profound. And the very next day, exactly nothing happened. But six months later, everyone was referring to everybody else in the submarine as we, and we had rewired our brains. We began to think of each other as we. One of my favorite things to do is go in an organization and just say, hey, tell me about that guy over there. What does he do? Oh, they're in marketing. Ah, that's the they. As soon as you go from, I call it the we-they boundary. As soon as you shift from we to they, you've gone from... Um, collaborators to competitors. The power of we. Wow. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. But but don't give a lecture. Oh, we're a team. We're a team. We're a team. That'll have exactly zero impact. Sure. Sure. Say, just say just say. Look, we use the word we. Now, David, you mentioned in your book um, you need two critical things when implementing your program in these philosophies: this technical compliance and organizational clarity. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever not had that and you tried to implement? Yeah. So the whole idea is you're going to give control, but you don't want chaos. Chaos is bad in a hospital. Chaos is bad on a nuclear submarine. What are the and the two pillars are technical competence and organizational clarity, and it's very similar in a hospital. You have life and death decisions. So when when I say, look, you now get to make a decision about whether we should start up the reactor or, or you know load a torpedo. You need to technically know how to do that, and it's just like healthcare. So you need to technically have the ability to do it, and it's a higher level ability than just a guy who's following instructions, right? And you have lots of levels of certifications in healthcare where you're a nurse or a registered nurse or a doctor or whatever. Um, but the next thing is you need to know the purpose of the organization in, in, in a kind of a nuanced way, deep enough so that you can make decisions, judgments, and this is what I call organizational clarity. You need to know, for example, are we in it just to win for this next quarter? I know are we a public company and we just care quarter by quarter? Or are we in it for the next quarter century? Because all investments in people, this, this approach will take a lot of time because you'll be investing in people in these conversations and making sure people's, you know, people's behaviors will be changing. That will take a lot of time and effort. And the question is, it's only worth it if you're in it for the long run. If you don't care about the long run, uh, and when you only care about, you know, the next quarterly earnings, you'll never make these significant investments in people because this doesn't make sense economically. Mm, I understand. You know, and you, you also mentioned that during this investment, during the implementation of, of these new changes, you'll feel wrong, you know. Yeah. During the implementation, you mean, how, how do you manage this time when it's not yeah, feeling wrong and keeping the faith? And, sorry. <laughs> I'm getting excited. Yeah, giving control feels wrong. You're a mammal. 
you're wired to take control, okay? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the fact. You know, you're two mammals, A, make a hierarchy, B, figure out where they are in the hierarchy, C, try to move higher on the hierarchy, okay? So that's, that's, your, that's how you're wired genetically. So when I say, look, you've got to give your people control, you've got to let them make decisions, that is going to feel unnatural. It's going to be scary. If you want to do it, we have these little, uh, we call them nudges. Uh, you go to my website, davidmarquet.com, you can sign up for little weekly things that you can do to train your brain. And one of them uh, that we put out recently is called the Coffee Challenge, right? Go down to the Starbucks and tell the guy next to you, hey, order, your, order my coffee, please, right? That's an exercise in giving up control. And you're like, oh, oh, that's scary. You know, what if they get, you know, what's the wrong, the wrong thing? You know, that's really important, coffee. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so, it, but, but people have all the exact same anxieties about that as they do about giving control in their work. So, look, don't start trying, you know, don't start with, you know, well, you make a decision on open heart surgery. That's idiotic. But start with little things, uh, really, really, really little things. But all those, the same anxieties are going to come up. And you're not going to train yourself to feel comfortable giving up control, but you'll recognize the feelings, and, you'll, and it's the same issues. Well, if I want that friend of mine to order the right coffee for me, I could just say, look, I always get a um, non-fat latte. Or they could say, well, you know, this is kind of what I like, and I'm trying to, you know, watch my weight, and... Um, trying to be healthier, you know, whatever. And next thing you know, you got a chai. It's like, well, that's not really what I want, but maybe it's better for me. Mm-hmm. So, so um, during the implementation of this, it sounds like it's, it's a lot of feedback, a lot of communication. Um, do you find it hard to balance the need for recognition um, for people themselves, and also the, you know, you have independent thinkers and and how they play in at all? So here's the thing. It will feel unnatural for you because you're going to give control to them, but it feels great for them. You, you, go down, you go to, like, for example, I went to my second-in-command. Now, the way the rule works in the Navy is the captain signed the, the um, leave papers, the vacation papers for the officers. And I said, look, I'm going to let you be the one who makes that decision. I'm giving you the authority to decide which officers can go on leave and when. You know, it, that's great. You know, you don't need to have a, you don't need to hire a consultant and convince them that's good for them. It's like, man, I'm, you know, now I'm in charge. My job actually matters. Uh, so the the it becomes self-reinforcing. The problem is always you, right? The, because you're the one giving up control, and so sure. you are the one who needs to have, maintain the steel of of will. And how do you reinforce that? When you have a person that's that's struggling with maybe giving up control, because you you just start really small, and what'll happen is you'll see that you all behavior changes. A start small, get positive reinforcement, repeat. So you start small. What happens is the people around you they'll start coming up with these ideas and say, hey, you know what? We can, you know, hey, I just noticed on the emergency room intake process that. you know, we we have them travel from here to here to here. We could do this to this to this. It saves 40 feet. Oh, okay. Let's you know, let's run an experiment or something. Uh, and, and what happens is, you you 
will free up time on your calendar. You, you, you can stop going to some meeting. You can turn your cell phone off on the weekend. And, and so you start having these reinforcements of the behavior, and, you, and, and you, it feels good. Then you're like, oh, this is good. I want more of this. <laughs> I understand. Okay, yeah. so so you, you imagine the the workbook that you're going to be releasing on January 27th. Uh, yeah, I imagine. Talk to me a little bit about that. I'm sure that's going to be helpful. Well, the workbook is a derivative of uh, my book, Turn the Ship Around, which is is the story of what happened on the submarine. And the and the book is very practical. It talks about what we did and the words that we used and that kind of thing. And it's a great story. But um, since the book came out a couple of years ago, I've been working with groups to actually implement this. And so we come up with a bunch of activities and exercises like this coffee challenge and a number of other things, uh, These this ladder that I talked about. And so the workbook is simply a compilation of uh, all those little activities that I do when we run seminars. Uh, with with teens and, and the workbook is designed really to accompany the book. If you don't know the story, I start with the book. But the workbook is designed for the executive or the leader or the team leader or anyone who says, you know, I want to try and do some of these things. I want activities for myself. Some of these are questions that you answer yourself to just to, to be to provoke some thought. And some of these are activities that you do with. Um, hopefully, you do them with some other people. There's. Part of it is watching a movie and then having you know, have some structured questions about discussing, uh, you know, what do you think about the leadership here? And yeah, it's the movie Master and Commander. It's a really fun activity because people watch and they're like, oh, yeah, I want to be like that. I want to, you know, Russell Crowe plays this uh, <laughs> um, Royal Navy sea captain. Like, yeah, I want to be like Russell Crowe. But then by the end of the activity, you're like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was good then, but not so good now. Uh, super fun. Well, perfect. Okay. Um, I am Ward Strasser. I'm with the healthcareexecutivesnetwork.org. I'm here today with retired captain of the U.S. Santa Fe nuclear sub, David Marquet. Thank you very much, David. appreciate your time and effort. Yeah, cheers and best of luck to everybody. Have courage. Give control. Thank you. <laughs>